Have you ever found yourself misunderstood in an email? Perhaps somebody misread what you said and has offered some small correction and you find yourself emailing that person back and referring them to your original words earlier in the thread to be sure that they know you were correct in the first place, that you actually didn't need correcting. It might feel a little petty, but it feels more important than petty to you in that moment for them to know that you were in fact right, right? Given how easy it is to misunderstand each other via email, why do we waste time doing this? Because we want to control how others see us. We want them to think that we have exquisite attention to detail, flawless reasoning, and are always right. We might not quite put it that way, but our level of discomfort when they think we have a small detail wrong gives us away. We've been talking on the last few episodes of the podcast about burnout, how it keeps you stuck, what to do about it, and how it's particularly fraught for people who are high performers and high achievers. A characteristic of many high achievers that likely contributes to their burnout is that they experience perfectionism. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high achieving men and women across industries and lifestyles who are at about the midpoint in their careers and are no longer satisfied to let their life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposefully create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, getting clarity on how we're creating the experience of our lives, how we're conspiring to keep ourselves stuck identifying and articulating what it is that we really want for the second half of our lives and identifying a plan to achieve it. At first blush, perfectionism may sound like it's a good thing, probably even something that's a key to success. You want things to be done at a high quality. You don't accept excuses. You expect excellence. But actually, this isn't what perfectionism really is. For a perfectionist, the bar isn't quality or even utility. The bar is the existence of any flaw at all, detectable by you or by someone else, whether that flaw impacts the outcome or use of the work product at all. Perfectionism is actually about how you're perceived by yourself and by others. And perfectionism actually often causes us to lose the plot of what's important in the work product. It causes us to be focused on a typo in our slide deck rather than whether or not our audience is able to grasp what we're trying to teach them. It causes us to think more about whether or not our audience thinks we know our stuff or are good at our jobs than whether the information we shared with them was truly useful. Done is better than perfect. No, it really is. This is one of those things that is famously said to doctoral candidates who are finishing their dissertations to remind them that this is not the last thing that they will write and publish and not to get stuck on the dissertation when it is simply a gateway to what comes after. There is truly a time when the work product is good enough, high quality enough to achieve the objective that it's been designed for. When a perfectionist spends their time and mental energy going over a work product to ensure that it's flawless in ways that likely no one will ever notice, and frankly, 
if they do, it still doesn't matter. They are spending their precious intellectual energy and focus on something that is truly a waste when they could be moving on to the next thing and making a more significant contribution to their business or their organization or the people that they're working with. This is important. So I'm going to say it again differently. Perfectionism actually keeps you playing small. It mires you down in the weeds and minutia and limits your effectiveness and impact. Very practically, being a perfectionist means that you spend more time getting tasks accomplished than you would if you were not being a perfectionist. Maybe you're still more efficient than your colleagues, but you could be even more efficient, have a larger impact, or simply give yourself more time for rest and restoration so that you could show up even stronger at work if you were not wasting time on perfectionism. Perfectionism is driven by a desire to avoid the negative feelings that one believes they will feel if someone else points out a flaw in their work. I do understand and relate to this. I really do. In a past life, I worked at a university that had oversight of an institutional research unit. If this is unfamiliar to you, this unit was responsible for producing enrollment data and statistics for the institution. And at the time we were partnering with IT to develop some real-time dashboards. IT wanted us to push ahead with publication of the dashboards before we had all of the junk out of the data. I was convinced that if we moved ahead with any inaccuracies in the data, that the shop would lose its credibility altogether. And if people don't believe in the data that's coming out of institutional research, it is a bad day indeed. Looking back, I wish that I could have seen my way clear to allow us to be more nimble and flexible with the development of the dashboards by explaining why the data might be wonky for a time at the beginning. Surely that was explainable, but I didn't go there because I was too worried about what my colleagues and leadership at the institution might think or misunderstand. As this example shows, perfectionism robs you of the ability to be flexible and nimble. For example, consider a new business owner who spends months developing an online course, ensuring that every detail, every video, every module is perfectly edited, that all of the copy in the course is grammatically and stylistically flawless. She releases the course materials only to find that it doesn't sell because it doesn't meet the needs of her clients. Now she has a beautiful, polished online course that she's committed to that feels like a Cadillac product but no one wants to buy it. How much harder is it for her to start over than if she had launched the course more simply and iterated and improved as she went? Perfectionism is not about the deliverable or product or consulting that you're offering, not benefiting them or being useful to them. It's really not about usefulness or quality at all. Perfectionism is about whether or not they were able to find a flaw in it because you believe that flaw means something about you. Perfectionism can show up outside of work too. It can show up on vacation. Like we had this beautiful vacation and then my husband and I had an argument on the last day and now the entire vacation was ruined. Not a true story, just an illustration. But life is not perfect, folks. In fact, as I have suggested elsewhere, life is a roughly 50-50 mix of good and bad feelings most of the time. And when we expect perfection in order for an event, a holiday, or an experience to be a success, we will always be disappointed. 
Consider the bride who's holding her breath, hoping that everything at her wedding is perfect. It takes her out of the moment. It will most certainly not be perfect. And in fact, the imperfections will likely be things that she laughs about one day, maybe many years in the future. At my own wedding, I had a tear running down my face and somehow I thought I could wipe it off with my lip. And instead, I smeared thick lip gloss all over my top lip. I did it and I remember both my husband-to-be's and the pastor's eyes getting wide as they saw me do it. I don't know what happened. Someone must have handed me a handkerchief and I must have discreetly wiped it off because it doesn't show up in our video. Things happen. It's okay. So how could perfectionism be contributing to your burnout? Perfectionism will cause you to squander your time and energy at the margins on things that are not the most important. A principle that I have come to appreciate is that of B minus work. Now, boy, is it hard for a recovering perfectionists to even admit to appreciating the concept of B minus work, but there it is. And for the record, all of the thoughts about what people will think about me are dancing in my head. But seriously, when it came to putting out this podcast, not your mama's midlife podcast, I had read and acquired enough information to know the basics of how to do it. But I knew, and in fact, told my listeners, told you on early episodes that it wouldn't be perfect. The video and audio editing release dates and who knows what else would end up messed up. And in fact, that's been the case. I've had several videos where the audio and video track didn't quite match the way we wanted it to. But the other thing I knew was that I was also creating my own body of work when it came to coaching content. And that I would also say things that I later disagreed with that I would correct myself and that those of you who've listened from the beginning would be able to see it. I could have waited until I had all my thinking on all of my topics completely synthesized, but that would have been a waste of time. And I would have missed out on all of the learning that I've done over the past six months. Another podcast related example of giving up perfectionism is my show notes, flaws and typos people for sure. My show notes are basically my episode scripts, and I could spend an additional 30 or 45 minutes editing them so that they're pristine, but you know what? It wouldn't improve my messaging and it wouldn't allow me to reach more people. So it isn't the best use of my time. So I let it go. Jody Moore, who is a coach for moms in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a great illustration that I think is apt here. She talks about her husband putting together Ikea furniture and screwing in the screws loosely until everything is in place and then going back and tightening the screws to allow for things to be just a little bit off and make the adjustments that he needs to. What if we were more comfortable with tightening the screws a little bit and then learning a little bit more and then tightening the screws a little bit more? Imagine how much more we could do Part of what makes perfectionism hard to let go of is we know that in actuality, our value as a human is intrinsic and not any more or any less based on what a good worker bee we are. But we have also come to really like being known as someone who always gets it right. It's part of who we are. So how can you up-level from here? Some questions that I recommend when you're producing a work product and you're tempted to get perfectionistic about it are as follows. What is the actual purpose of this presentation, consultation, webinar, podcast? What is the actual purpose for my audience? Does what I have prepared 
achieve that purpose? These two questions can help to remind you that while we're often tempted to think that the purpose of something is to make us look good, to impress others, or to look smart, now we might not say that, but it's often in there somewhere. That's almost never the main objective. Listen in on your thoughts about the work product, be it a presentation, some consultation that you're providing, or a document or another deliverable. Are you hoping that it impresses them? shows them that you're such a good whatever you are. That's not actually the purpose for which these people have hired you. Are you meeting their business need? Also, what would it be like to allow people to be wrong about you? Because the first thing that will happen as you begin to hold more loosely to perfectionism is that a perfectionist will show up in your life or your inbox to let you know that you have misstated something or produced a document with an error. That person may very well think things about you that you would disagree with. Can that be okay? Or do you feel a need to defend yourself? As I've told you that I did in the opening story about being sure that people knew I was correct in an email. And can I tell you how good it feels honestly and truly to let go of the fact that people may misunderstand me? It's okay. I can't control their thoughts. And it's not actually even my business to do so anyway. So if you've listened to this episode and are recognizing some perfectionist tendencies within yourself, here are some strategies to try. In this episode, I have talked very unhelpfully about people who are perfectionists, as if this is simply a thing that they are. And it may be even the whole of who they are. This isn't super helpful. Separate who you are from your desire to produce perfect work. Maybe say to yourself, sometimes I show up as a perfectionist, or sometimes I have perfectionist tendencies. Get a little distance between yourself and the practice of perfectionism. And don't begin to criticize or shame yourself for being a perfectionist. Very likely as a child or a young person, your attention to detail and desire to be a good boy or girl was rewarded. And you liked the way that that felt. And you kept showing up that way in order to get those rewards. And this would have continued to serve you well in school, graduate school, and the world of work. It's okay that this served you for a time, but perhaps it's serving you less well now. And you can let go of it without demonizing it or you or the people that helped foster this within you. Begin to tease out your thoughts about doing good work and what it means to be a person who does good work from being a perfectionist, from being a person who no one can ever suggest feedback to. You got caught in a trap of perfectionist behavior because you care about doing a good job, about doing good work, and it felt good to be praised. You care about your organization, your clients, your business work product, and giving up on perfectionism doesn't mean that you care about those things any less. In fact, it will probably allow you to scale your contribution and be more effective in the work that you do get done. Decide whose opinion really matters. First and foremost, your own. And decide whose opinion doesn't. If you're worried about typos and oversights, share editing responses with a colleague. Goodness knows that I cannot edit my own work and I appreciate someone else's eyes on things. Did you recognize yourself in this episode? If you did, be sure that you go to my website, 
stephanieleecoaching.com episode 30 and download the worksheet for this episode. It's going to include some great questions to really get you thinking about what it means to be a perfectionist and how and why that might be contributing to your burnout. Thank you for sticking with me through the 30th episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I do hope you will join me back here on your favorite podcast player or YouTube for our next episode. Wherever you listen, please do like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And if you're enjoying it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the show. Have a great week, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye.